Hey everybody, welcome to a, another edition of Swiss Pats. We are back from our two-week break. It was lovely to spend time with family, but I'm glad they're back at work in school. And joining me as always is Susie Lyon. G'day. So, how was your holiday, lovely? It was pretty good, yeah. I uh, I did find out, though, that two weeks is about a week too much yeah, I would for say, a holiday. Yeah. yeah, it was nice, though. I uh, visited Copenhagen, which is beautiful, and I highly recommend it. Uh, it was so nice that um, even though it rained while we were there, I'm going to go back in the summer. It's because, awesome in the summer. We yeah. went in early July, and it was fantastic. I That's highly recommend my plan. it. Yeah. And did you use my tips? Uh, actually I found this very interesting, um, for the listeners, I asked Don for some Copenhagen (laughs) tips and he sent me like minute by minute plans, like at 11.03, go to this place because the clock will chime, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, what is this? That's not how I planned Don. No, I did not follow any of your tips. That's too bad. I I like to plan. I'm a planner. I'm not a planner. And when it comes to, when I, when I visit new cities, I want to make sure I, I hit everything and I get... The good restaurants to go to, and I know like the things to see, and I sent you a very detailed list, so you guys you would did. have a good time. You did send me a detailed list, and you and chucked it in the bin. I as did you chuck said. it in the bin. I I just I like to just just see how things happen. So we would leave out the door, and would, the door would close behind us, and would go right. We now have no internet because you know we're in another country. Where should we go? Oh, I don't know. Uh, should we just walk this way? That's what we did. Oh my god. Yeah, that would drive we, me. But you know, we saw we saw castles. Um, we went on a canal boat. We you went to Nyhaven, right? We the went, little area. Yeah, we went to Nyhaven. We got some nice pictures there. You know, like we, you know, we ate at some nice places. You know, we we managed to have a good time despite not having your extremely detailed list of things to do. Well, my extremely detailed list had to deal with Iceland this time. We went to Iceland went nice. to Reykjavik. It's a lovely country. It's very cool. We saw geysers and waterfalls and all that stuff, all that nature crap. Uh, but we went on a food tour. My kids are, it's the one way I can get my kids to kind of try new things, right? So they say, hey, we're going to go on a food tour. You could just try it. You don't have to like everything. It's okay, but just try everything. So we meet this guy, and the first place we go to, um, we go upstairs, we sit down, and everybody's excited. Okay, what are we going to try? And he goes, okay. The first thing we're going to eat is a smoked puffin. And my son looks like at me. Like one of those things with the orange beak and the, they're cute. And- yep. And you're kind of looking at me like Luca did, who's seven. He looked at me with his big blue eyes and he said, Daddy, those are my favorite animal. Oh, no. And did it I, come out on a plate looking like a, a puffin? <laughs> no, no, no. It was, it was like, I don't know, little slices of meat. De-feathered. It, it was delicious. Did you all try it? Yeah. And he tried it. He was a little scarred, I think. Oh. He was a little upset about it. Poor Luca. Yeah. What's was... a what's puffin taste like? Um, it's a very lean kind of like uh cross between pigeon and chicken kind of deal. Okay. Not fishy then. No, no. Are they I... are they water animals or are they... No, they're birds. They're birds. They're I'm birds. thinking of the wrong thing then, I guess. <laughs> thinking of penguins, I think. <laughs> I that, might be thinking of mini penguins. Yeah. That are also black and white, so you're close. Yeah. Okay. So they're not. Uh, I, I. Do you know? Do you know why I'm thinking 
fishy because I no Iceland, I always associate with like that kind of part of the world up north, uh, just eating fish all the time. Yeah. Did you eat a lot of fish? Whale. We tried whale. We tried... Um, Isn't it illegal to kill whales? For not there. And actually, it was very delicious. Really? Yeah, it was really good. And fermented shark, which was a tough, a tough eat. It was like... It had this ammonium, ammonium, ammonia. Like bleach? Yeah. It was kind of gross. It was kind of gross, but I tried it. Kids didn't try so that it was one. So pickled shark, basically. Yeah. Okay. Whew. It was Yeah, it was I'd try good. all of those things. But yeah, I love trying that kind of Including stuff. Including the fishy puffin. Yeah. Oh, my poor, my poor son. I felt really bad. So we bought him a stuffed puffin. Oh, <laughs> uh, just to remind him? No, to like... And this, so then he when was he's like, naughty, you should be like, I'll make you eat I'm puffin. I'm going to eat him. He was yeah. like, well... So then we told him that I ate that puffin's a bad guy of that puffin. Oh. It wasn't his brother. It was a bad guy. And that made him feel a little bit better. Oh, wow. I, I, I really kind of screwed him up, I think. we tell our children? Jeez yeah, I really kind of screwed him up. So that was that was my highlight. And I'm also following Dave Matthews' band around Europe, which is even better. But I won't bore you with those stories. Please don't. It was so much fun. Um, so before we get to our interview this week... I wanted to bring up something that I found uh, thanks to the city of Basel uh, on Facebook. They touted um, the latest quality of living city ranking by Mercer. So Mercer is the leading provider of data on quality of living for employees who are sent to work abroad. So every year they, they, they form this ranking of the quality of living in many prevalent assignment locations. So I want to go through the top 10, and number 10 is Basel. Number 10 is Basel. Number 10 is Basel. Number 8 is Geneva, and number 2 is Zurich. So Switzerland has three entries in the top 10. Mm. There is no United States, and there is no Australia. So Uh, Rigged. Right. There's New Zealand, which, right, it's like the same thing, isn't it? I that doesn't offend me, but if there's any New Zealanders listening, I apologize on behalf of Don. <laughs> well, then New Zealand's the same thing as Australia, right? No, they're different countries. Okay. We have our own cultures and and all that. Okay, so the Auckland is is there's a tie. There's a three way tie for third. But anyway, three Switzerland country cities are in the top ten, which is pretty cool. Vienna, Austria is number one. Oh. And maybe we should move there. Maybe I'll get Bruce on finding a job in Vienna. I know. It's the best place to live. Copenhagen, you mentioned it's number eight. Okay. And there's three German. better than Basel. There's three German cities. Munich is also tied for third. Dusseldorf is six and Frankfurt is seven. There you go. And to finish my jumbled list, we got Canada, Vancouver, Canada at three. There you go. That really was a jumbled list. I know. I was all screwed up. So let's do this. Number one, Vienna, then Zurich, Vancouver, Munich, Auckland, Dusseldorf, Frankfurt, Copenhagen, Geneva, and Basel. Awesome. We love good ranking, don't we? I do love a good ranking. <laughs> it's probably my sports thing. Yeah, right? that's probably what it is. You don't yeah. like rankings. I love rankings. It's not that I don't like them. It's just that there is every kind of week there's a new like, which is the best city to live in? Which is the best country to live in? And it's, it's you know. It's- but I'm just always, we're always validated. Doesn't it feel good? That's true. I don't know. It's just a ranking thing and I like rankings. Yeah. You got your, you got your bracket filled out? Not uh, not sports. yet. Uh, leaving uh, leaving all my my 
my brackets to to other people. So you I, think Duke has a shot this year? Um, yeah, yeah. Let's get to our interview. No, you got your you got your Duke Blue Devil Blue on. Okay. Are you a big Zion Williamson fan? Oh, massive fan. Yeah. Yeah. No idea Guy's what you're talking stud. about. You got to if you're going to talk about sport, you got to talk about something I can college uh, basketball that that I can you know give an input to. Yeah, I'm talking about this. This thing generates billions of dollars for kids who don't get paid any money. But whatever. <laughs> oh, so I've touched a, a sore spot with. Yeah, you, you did. Okay, we are going to get to our interview, um, and we are going to have Sophie of Style Mixers, and she has this great service that she'll explain. But basically, if you're looking for someone to help you shop um, in Switzerland, shop and look good. Yes. Yeah. Sophie's the girl, so check her out. So here is Sophie of Style Mixers. All right, and joining us now is Sophie Adong. Did I say that correctly? You did. Oh, man, I am on a roll with saying (laughs) names correctly. This is great. Now, Sophie, you are the owner behind Style Mixers. Correct. Which we'll get into later on, but quickly describe... uh, to everybody what Style Mixers is. So Style Mixers is a, a styling business. Um, I'm a personal stylist and I help people, women and men in the Basel area looking the part. Okay, so we will get into that, but we wanna talk about you most of all. Um, so tell us your story. How did you find yourself in Switzerland? Um, my husband uh, got a job offered in Switzerland in Basel 13 years ago. Um, We were both working in Holland. We just had our first daughter, who was then four months old, (laughs) when the offer came and we said, why not? And basically, I think three months later, we packed our stuff and we arrived in Basel in the summer of 2005. It's the same kind of story for a lot of people, isn't it? Like the the one minute you're you're somewhere then the next minute three months later you're in a completely different country but uh, it must be interesting coming with a newborn yes it was very interesting for both of us I would say I mean my daughter has no memory of course <laughs> of that move um, for me um, it was very different because I came from a job um, working person to suddenly um, I was a, a stay-at-home mom with a five-month-old and so I, it was, it was a big change for me to find my new life and to make that very interesting without having my job. Um, for my husband, of course, it was also different country, different uh, company, but his schedule didn't change that much as mine. And what did you do uh, in Holland before you came to Switzerland, before you had your daughter? I was an HR manager for a clothing company, Dutch fashion company. So you found yourself in Switzerland with a newborn. Um, those first couple months, not only adjusting to life in a new country, but life with a baby. I mean, can can you look back to that? Do you remember it? Do you put it out of your mind? Do you forget the, those <laughs> those days and weeks and months? Um, no, actually, I uh, I still remember a lot. <laughs> I didn't block anything. I think. Um, first of all, we were very lucky to have um, a very easy baby. I only realized that when I was meeting other parents with babies the same age that she was very chill. 
So and that in the first place. In the second place, I um, I instantly try to meet people like me, um, stay-at-home moms with with small kids, and I found the BCT. I don't know if you've heard about it. Yeah, the Basel Children's Trust, and that has been like basically that saved my life. That first year, I would say, I met so many nice people um, with babies. Um, they were like um, my new family. Um, Sorry, your question was... No, 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 you're, you're you, answering my question. My but I was. I was just wondering because it seemed like you jumped in right away to try and meet people and trying to find a community. Yes. Or maybe some people are not that outgoing or maybe not that yeah. uh, ambitious right away and yeah. they struggle. Yeah. But it seems like that's that really helped you. Yes, this is who I am. I am outgoing and I, I knew I had to find... Um, new friends immediately because it was basically the first week after we had arrived and boxes were still half unpacked my husband um, left for a week um, to Prague I think it was we had no internet no phone I just had one date in my calendar and that was the BCT coffee morning and I was looking forward to that all week sure um, so you really have to get out there and um, yeah um, be be active to uh, to find new people to meet new people um for for those who are not so outgoing or you don't have to be outgoing to meet new people but you have to take the first step i think it can be really hard but i didn't experience it like that because i quickly found my group now you grew up in belgium no i was i am belgium i have belgian parents okay. but i grew up in holland okay so you associate more with the Dutch than you do. I do. I have so now your your daughters are going to associate more with Swiss than they are with, or no? I mean, is it is it similar with? Because your daughter was five months when you first got here, and then you've had another one. So, is is there any similarity to to those kinds of um, thought processes? I um, guess. I guess so. I have to say that I feel more Dutch than I ever felt Belgium. But I still, I, I, I do realize that's a part of me and especially my parents who are both Belgium and visiting the family um, all the time that definitely made me who I am, I think. Um, the kids, it's interesting. So they both were raised in, in, in Basel in Switzerland, but the oldest one has a stronger connection to Holland than the younger one. We can't really explain why. <laughs> But yeah, they definitely have both of those words. I, they can't really answer the question, do you feel more Swiss or more Dutch? The, it's interesting because it you can't really explain it. My daughters um, are, are British. They're not Australian. And my husband and I are Australian. But my oldest considers herself Australian. She's never lived in Australia. She's only visited. But she considers herself... She gets like really upset if you tell if you know if you say she's british she doesn't have even have an australian passport but she really feels it Interesting. like so it's you know you can't really it doesn't really it's not about where you're born yeah. or where yeah. you're raised even it's like it's it's like a feeling it's i interesting guess interesting how it works yeah. yeah now you work in fashion basically and i'm interested before we get into what style mixes is and what you do to critique your outfit. No, d- please don't. Please don't <laughs> critique my outfit. I'll be shattered. Um, you know, what's your fashion background? Um, well, back, back to, um, to what I was doing in Holland. I worked for a fashion company, but it was in HR. 
Um, but my fashion background, I would say, um, goes back to where I started to play with my Barbies and dress them. That was my favorite thing to do. And uh, looking Same. back, <laughs> um, that's when it all started. It's just uh, so I'm, I'm not uh, schooled in fashion. Um, I went from being a recruiter to an HR manager, but the fashion was just always there with me. Um, I had never the desire to become a fashion designer that I knew. So I was kind of lost, like, what do you study then? So I chose another path. But um, moving to Switzerland, I realized I just, I, I like shopping. I like exploring the shops and I love dressing people. And I started to, to not, well, practice. Yeah, maybe I should call it practice on friends. They were asking me for advice, like, oh, you always seem to know why, where to get this or... Or they were asking, how would you um, pair this? And um, then I started to think about to combine all these, may I say, qualities or yeah. um, things that I like to do. And um, this was how Style Mixers was created. Awesome. Um, what did you think of Basel fashion when you got here? So I arrived 13 years ago. And first I was in my own small identity crisis of mm -hmm. being a working person to stay at home mom so my wardrobe it was kind of interesting i the first months i would show up to play group in heels because <laughs> i liked wearing them and then i got comments um not so only then it was negative, heels and yoga pants <laughs> yeah that could be a nice combination <laughs> the sweatpants heel look um so i didn't love fashion in Basel first but it could have been that again that it was also that I was struggling to find my refine my style actually um, things have changed a lot in Basel over the the last 10 years I would say more and more international brands have entered the city also um, it, it's it's less um, toned down as it used to be when when I first came to Basel I really noticed that um, you know, it was kind of muted, the, the fashion. Like you, you didn't see the same, uh, you know, like a large group of people wearing the same brands. Yeah. Um, but what I did notice was that fashion was crazy around Art Basel. Do you, do you notice that? Like is that like, yes. is that like do you people watch during that time totally. to see what people are wearing? I try to clear my whole schedule for that <laughs> week just to be able to attend all the fun events and to watch people. It's, uh, it's one of my favorite weeks in Basel. It, um, I kind of miss the big city feeling sometimes. Um, but um, during that week, you feel like Basel is on top of the world. Mm. It's, yeah, it's so interesting. So what are the, the good things about the, I guess, fashion and shopping when it comes to Switzerland? Because, you know, it seems like the high-end brands are here, obviously, because there's money here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But not everyone wants to walk around with like Louis Vuitton shoes, right? Mm -hmm. Like, it almost feels like it, my first, I guess, what's the word I'm looking for? Impressions, right? Mm -hmm. I enjoy shopping. I've always enjoyed shopping. Mm -hmm. My first impressions were, okay, it's those really high end, gaudy kind of stuff. Yep. Or it's like just kind of really basic, cheap. And I, I, I had trouble finding kind of a middle ground. Um, but I think it's there. I guess what were your, you mentioned how it's changed. What is kind of your been impressions of, of that fashion scene? Yeah, I see what you mean. And I feel the same. I still think there's 
space for that middle kind of sector. I feel that's that the market is definitely not saturated yet there. Yeah. Um, and that, that's what I hear from my clients too, that they're mostly struggling to find, first of all, the brands they know when they just move here. But even if you've been here for a long time, or even if you are Swiss, um, to find good quality for not a crazy price. Sure. That I feel there's still a market for. Um, now that I've seen all the shops, I know where to go and I know where to find also these pieces, but it's not, they're not together in one store. Right. So I will, it, it takes a little bit more effort to find those pieces. That's funny because that reminds me of basically shopping in general in Switzerland that people don't understand. Like in the States, you could go basically to one store and get most of everything from a can of paint to underwear to, right? Like just all in one shop. But here, whether it's clothes or anything, you got to kind of go around to hit the little spots. Exactly. You'll find it, but you got to work a little harder for it. Exactly. It takes more time to know where to find those pieces. Um, Luckily, Basel is not that big, so you can really, it's realistic to find those items in, uh, in a couple of hours. But it's not all together in one store. That's true. So you were the stay-at-home mom. You've always had, it sounds like you've always had a, a, a sense for fashion. When did it kind of click for you? Like, oh, maybe I could do something with this. Like, was there a was there a moment? Did it happen over a period of time that it just kind of, that style mixers just kind of popped into your head? Um I met um, a friend, um, I just got to know her and we started style mixes together. And I think it was really helpful to meet someone who was also very interested in clothing and in dressing people and we decided to do this together. We we felt like strengthened by each other. Um, and when we started to talk about these uh, like possibilities about opening this as a business, we talked of course to our friends and our partners and they were also supportive. And then we just started to more people to talk about it to more people. And then someone said, I'd like to hire you. And I remember that first moment when we thought, we just have an appointment for our first client. We can <laughs> actually really start making money with this. That's, that was the moment where we thought, yes, we should really get this going. And um, ever since then, this is history. So it, it boggles my mind that somebody doesn't like to shop right i i don't get it i love to do it it's i enjoy it and when somebody says that especially my wife who you've met who says i don't like to shop yeah it doesn't compute in my head but it sounds like there's there's a lot of people out there who feel like that yes i'll never get it but you meet these people so can you explain them to me can you explain my wife to me is what i'm saying (laughs) i don't understand her i do understand her but um not from a personal perspective but I hear it all the time why people don't like shopping and I understand them because if you if you're looking for something and you don't find it that can be very frustrating right um, or maybe you just don't know what you're looking for but you know you should come home with something new okay that's also very difficult um, trying on clothes I like shopping but I don't like trying on clothes it's just tiring and you get hot and um, I think you only like you can only like shopping when you are successful at it when you find something that you look good in that you feel good in and it's affordable then shopping is of course um, 
nice, but not if you if you can find what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. And people get overwhelmed. And I think mm-hmm. there's so many choices um, that that's yeah. I, I I can imagine that that's why your wife doesn't like shopping. She's she told me she's a minimalist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, there's lots of different kinds of shoppers. I think because I mean I. I have a love-hate relationship with shopping. I love shopping when I'm in the mood for it and I'm an in-and-out shopper. I, I go in, I find what I want, I leave and if I if I decide that later I don't want it, I'm fine taking it back and, yeah. and getting a refund. Yeah. My husband spends hours and he asks me, can you come shopping with me? I really need a new shirt for work. I need your help and I can't stand it because he asks my opinion and I'm like, I don't know, like – what do you think? And he's like, I don't know. What do you think? And we have this like back and forth. So I can't stand shopping with him. What um, sort of things do style mixes offer to all of those different kinds of shoppers? Do you mean what's, what's what shopping do you services? Offer? Yeah. Or, um, so I have several services. Um, I, I like to start, when, if possible, in the wardrobe. So that's one of my services is the wardrobe consultation. Um, because that's where you see what a client has, uh, what needs to be added, uh, what their style is, uh, what price range they're comfortable with, and so on. Um, usually during this process of, it could be cleaning them out. Um, I was going to say, do you tell them to get rid of stuff? Well, yes, if they want to. Um, I come with a very gentle approach. Some people are very clear, help me clean out. I have way too much. I'd like to throw away half of what I have. So then I can be a bit more... I wouldn't say aggressive, but a bit more pushy, like, yes, you should get rid of this. You don't point and laugh when they try something on and be like, no, get rid of that. <laughs> you're, you're a gentle, you have the gentle approach. At some said. point, we might laugh. Um, <laughs> it will never be in the first hour. Okay. Um, um, but it, it can be really fun cleaning out together. Um, and, and some people, you can tell immediately if they're open to, come on, you, it's okay to laugh. Sure. I shouldn't be wearing this, right? And then I can say, no, you shouldn't. Yeah. Um, uh, but no, I take it very seriously because you're coming in someone's private space and some clothes even just tell a story or they're, they have some memories about them. I would, no, I would never start laughing. It's, sure. uh, it would be very unrespectful. <laughs> but usually there is a lot of humor. Mm. Um, so this one of my services is the wardrobe consultation where we just, um, yeah, make new outfits, combinations. Usually I hear a lot of, I would have never thought. Yeah. Yeah. I would have never thought that this could look together, a good look good together. I would have never thought that I could still wear this. Um, so that's like the shopping in your own wardrobe part, what's really nice. Um, during this process, there's um, usually gaps, pieces that are missing. They go on the shopping list of the client. And if he or she decides to book me for a personal shopping session, which is one of my other services, I'll make sure that I um, find these items before I meet the client in town. And then we go shopping together and it's, Basically, we'll go to a couple of stores where I have everything prepared for them. They try on the items that I selected and they say yes or no and that's it. So hey, this this idea um, of doing this, I mean, was it, you mentioned it just happened because your friends, you started helping your friends? It was just as simple as that? That's a good question. Um 
Yeah, that's a good question. Let me let me think about that. I, I, I can't really recall the moment where I said I want to be a personal stylist, but um, I remember the first months, the first thing I did um, in Basel was finding my way, of course, making friends, but also exploring all the shops. Mm-hmm. And um, so quickly I realized that I, I actually I knew a lot. And it was when I had, I just had one of my first, I met one of my first Swiss friends and she said, well, you seem to know Basel better than I do. And I've lived here all my life. <laughs> so realizing that there was something that I could actually offer, mm-hmm. I think that that was part of it. And again, the people asking for advice on how they should dress. Yeah. Um, do you have any secrets like shops that no one knows about that you can that you can I will tell you that here? you can tell everybody <laughs> listening <laughs> uh, or any hidden gems that you think are worth mentioning if there's if you've got deep secrets about Basel you can let me know when we're off air but if there's any that you can let our listeners know of it's um, I knew this question was coming <laughs> yeah. because this was what's, what, what everyone wants to know asking where do you find everything um, of course, I know I have my what I call my black book. Yeah. I, I know where to find items. And again, this is one of those where clients will be like, oh, I'd never thought that this store had this staple or, you know, good shoes or accessories. Um, I have to say, I can't really tell you one shop Um which is like a hidden gem and and shops are new shops are opening and then I'm exploring them and find new pieces in there I I've that's again a really hard (laughs) question to answer um I like Spalenberg for their little shops but also there's new shops popping up like uh, um and also the big department stores um, they can be overwhelming, but if you know the brands, if you know what brands to kind of ignore, at least for most of my clients, I know these are brands that will work very well for a corporate image. Um, kind of knowing what to eliminate yeah, to, to not get overwhelmed. Yeah. I think maybe that's, uh, that's an answer to your question. Yeah. That's the secret. And I guess the, the idea of the, the you basically pre-shop for these customers, I know that has my wife super excited because she hates that part. And she yeah. just go and yep. you have clothes, you try some on, yep. and most often they work. So I, it's, I feel that that is a, a big appeal of what you do. Um, how many of your customers are actually men, or is it mostly women? Mostly women, yeah. yes. Also men, but I would say 90% of my clients are female. Okay. But you've had men customers yes. before? Yeah. Okay. Just wondering. Yeah. Just wondering. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd like to, to, to have more male customers, definitely. It seems to be, uh, yeah, I don't know why. Um, the men are, tend to wear their, their pieces longer. Mm-hmm. Um, they have less choices, which makes it, I think, easier for them to just go to a, show, a store um, find what they need and without help of a of a personal stylist mm-hmm. although I've had some some male clients who um, would hire me to have their work wardrobe especially their traveling wardrobe mm. um, more streamlined okay and what how is it split between expats or locals or I mean is there um, 
have you noticed more expats who who are interested or is it are, are you getting locals both yeah. um, because I speak German I can also serve the Swiss um, uh, clients um, but I started this company in like English is my my, my like the first language that I work in um, my German wasn't that good back then but now it's fluent so now I serve both I still have a lot of expat clients or maybe you maybe you don't call it expats but people who speak english and, sure. and and live in basel or speak any other language but german okay yeah okay um has this has this style mixers is it is it where you envisioned it um when you started this um uh, it is um yes and um i'm still building up my business so there's still um, things happening that I thought, wow, I had never envisioned that I would be able to do that. There's something that I'm working on with a store now. I can't really talk about it, but that that's got me really excited, um, like a kind of a partnership. So, um, yeah, I would say it's beyond my imaginations where I am now. And do you have a question, Susie? No. no? Okay. Um, where... How can people find out about um, what you do in your services? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I would say they can look up my website, okay. um, stylemixers.com, where they will find most of my, uh, my services. I am working on a new website, which will be launched in a couple of weeks from now. Um, so keep checking if you don't find what you need now or send me a message, of course. Um, I'm also on Instagram and on Facebook. Um, where you will see a little bit behind the scenes of me and a bit more personal stuff. What are those handles so that people can find you? Sorry? What is the, the name of your Facebook page, your Instagram page? It's, it's all style mixers. Yeah. Yeah. So if you go on my Facebook, you'll find my website and Instagram and vice versa. So. Okay. And before we wrap up, the, the services you offer, it's the in-home consultation of your wardrobe, and then the shopping. Those are the two main for right now? Yeah, for right now. But I'm also doing um, style workshops and style parties, which are not on my website yet. Um, I've been doing a couple of these, and it's really fun. So I, I'd really like to do more of these. Where I have a studio in my house in the basement where I can uh, have like a little party for four to five people. Um, I've always uh, also been doing uh, teenage parties, which is a lot of fun. <laughs> Where teenagers just learn a little bit more about dressing for their body shape. Um, it's it's mainly having having fun with fashion and, and and learning all the tips and tricks. Yeah. All right. So I I'll leave you on this question. Um, how do I look today? <laughs> Sorry, I was just taking a sip of water. <laughs> it's not that cool. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. I think I need to go shopping now. Yeah. I'm, I'm kidding. You don't need to critique I, me. I I'd like to, uh, to comment you on your outfit. I haven't, um, but I was thinking you look really smart, really put together. And I like it that Thank your you. shirt underneath has a little pattern. Yeah, of course. Because um, the sweater I'm wearing is just very plain, so you yeah. got to get a little pattern yeah. going. Yeah, yeah it thank doesn't you. sound like you need to go shopping. No, I think I'm good. <laughs> I, I was hoping for an excuse so that she can say I can go shopping. but mm-hmm. Okay, well, Sophie, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Style Mixers, check it out. Go get styled up. Let's go shopping. Let's do it. Thanks so much for having me. Good 
Thank you, Sophie, for that awesome interview. So before we get on to our news items this week, we just want to give a quick shout out to Jonathan Martin, who runs the Facebook page, A Shropshire Lad in Switzerland. Now, if you're looking for somewhere to go for news in English, um, you know, light discussion about that news and you're on Facebook, then A Shropshire Lad in Switzerland is the place to go. Recently, that page has hit over 10,000 um, likes, followers, subscribers. Wow, congratulations. So we, we're really happy for you, Jonathan. Um, and we recommend that page. It's where we got a lot of our news from. Uh, we've interviewed Jonathan. He was one of our very, very first guests, uh, and he's a great guy. So check out the uh, his page, and that one, one more time, is A Shropshire Lad in Switzerland. So if you're not... British, then Schwabshire is S-H-R-O-P-S-H-I-R-E. Thank you. No, that's for you, Don. Thank you. Awesome. Okay. What do we got, Don? So it was... In the newsroom. Uh, I don't even know how long ago this was, but we did a story on a cheesemonger here in Switzerland who was playing music. Oh, yeah. I remember that. Remember he was that? Yeah. He was like, he, he makes cheese and he has it down in his cellar. You know, it's not, not like a dodgy operation it's a real do- operation and he kind of plugs in to his mp3 player and <laughs> and plays classical music so it was part of a a large uh i guess uh swiss study that was being done okay oh like official this was official yeah so he played um he played all kinds of music to try and influence the flavor of cheese or see if it had any effect well the results are in, and according to the study, the best music for improving the taste of cheese is hip-hop. Oh, not jazz? Not jazz. So the finding came after this cheesemaker um, in the Emmental region with the assistance from the University of Arts in Berlin spent six months playing eight wheels of his Mutenglück Emmental cheese with j- different genres of music. It included everything from Led Zeppelin's Stairway to Heaven, which is a great song, Mozart's opera, The Magic Flute, which I I am so uncultured I know nothing about classical music. Anyway, I've heard of Mozart, classical music. <laughs> so the experiments then cul- culminated in two separate tastings involving cheese experts and aficionados, which I think that you would, that's a job you need to look into. Definitely. Susie Lyon, cheese aficionado. Yeah. Yeah. So both panels gave the gong for their best cheese to the wheel, which had been serenaded with the 1991 hip-hop classic Jazz We've Got by A Tribe Called Quest, who was one of my favorite hip-hop bands how of does all that, time. How does that song go? Uh, well, I could play it here. I don't know if it'll come through. But it's a great song. Um, so it's kind of jazzy. It is kind of jazzy. All right, don't play it too long. We'll get a copyright uh, strike. Man, all right, so good. <laughs> you were Q-tip. ready just to play that whole thing. I was feeling it. There you go. So I guess the thing is, though, that I would question is d- eating cheese is, um, you know, choosing a favorite cheese is is like a preference. Subjective. I know. But this is what the, these are. These are experts. Experts. Right. right? This is not just some some 
Australian woman who Some likes drunk cheddar. Australian lady who yeah. wants to sink her teeth into a wheel of cheese. Yeah. So they said the hip hop cheese was perceived as sweeter and fruitier, and it also had notably larger holes, which I guess are known as eyes in the biz. In the biz, as they say, big eyes. Yeah. Well, there you go. Interesting. Yeah. So like, the results, the 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 guy who's doing this says it kind of gives you a push to keep going, um, but. Is it scientific? Yeah, I don't know about that. But, but how it, it's would they market fun. it? Like the cheese that music made, <laughs> the cheese that hip hop made. Right, right. I mean, you know, I would reach out to Tribe Called Quest and have them come over to do a concert. Yeah, That'd be awesome. That would be awesome. We that should... was nineteen ninety one. Oh my god, I was a. Yeah. I was I was six. I was 11, 10, 11. Yeah. I was getting into Let's not Tribe re- Called Quest. Re- what's the word? Reminisce about the 90s. No, let's not. <laughs> what else you got? Um, yeah, that's uh, that's it. That's oh, all I got. <laughs> that's all you got. You're just done. hip-hop cheese. I'm done. You, now that you, you, you're just so interested in listening to A Tribe Called Quest that you're just, I'm done. I'm going to turn it on as soon as we hit stop Forget about podcast. all the news you had lined up. Nothing nothing compares. I got nothing. Yeah. Me either. I got nothing. I thought you had something about uh, the trains and a third class. You're right, you I do. Want, you don't I want to st- talk about it. Uh, no, I do. I was just, you know, I was just seeing if you were listening before because uh, you, were, you, were you were on a hip-hop uh, quest. I, I pay attention to when you talk most I do of the have time. a story. It's not as exciting as your hip-hop one. That's why I was trying to, trying to you know, forget about it. But seeing as you brought it up... Um, Come on, the, let's talk about it. The, um, a new report has come out suggesting that there should be a cheap third-class option on the country's trains so that you can buy a first, second, or third-class ticket. And third-class carriages, in theory, would have rows of seats for five people. According to the report, um, it was a, a report done by the Federal Office of Transport, and it it, it was done to, for the um, kind of comparing it to the long distance buses that have that, that have come out and, and the oh, rising yeah. Uber and like what can we do to make this train that system that we have continue being we, one of the best in the world. We did those stories of the of their like a new bus system that you can get from. Like to airports or that's really cheap. Yes. Yeah. Like cheaper than like single tickets to, you know, one part of the country yeah. to another. You can get return from Switzerland to a whole other countries. I mean, it seems like not a bad idea because it, it can get pretty pricey on the trains. Yeah. I would say as a counter argument, I have never really been that... In second um, class, you've always been in first class. No, I've never traveled first class. I, I don't think the price of the trains is that extortionate. I think for what you get, it's pretty good. Yeah. And I think that if you, you know, like we talked about before, I don't plan. I'm not a planner. But one thing that I will do is I will buy my, I will pre-buy my tickets on the train because they're cheaper. And I love a bargain. <laughs> we so know this. The only thing that drives you to plan is a bargain. Oh, yeah. Like if something's going to save me money, I will plan it big time. So <laughs> buying plane tickets and buying train tickets, I will I will research that because, you know, you get a bargain. So I do think that if, you, if you're smart about train travel, then you can get a bargain. Um, so it's not actually been received that well. The industry figures are, are kind of giving it a, a little bit of a lukewarm reception. 
So you said that the seats would be five across? Five across. Uh, but some right of the... Right now they're what, like two and two? Um, yeah, they are. They're two and two. But then how would you move throughout the... I would probably imagine it would be a little bit maybe... So the train in Australia, the, the, the train system, certainly that when I was growing up, no idea what it's like now, would have these huge banks of seats mm-hmm. they, and they would easily fit four people. Um, and and then they would have these like handles and you could move the, the back of the seat so you could either be facing away or... or or forward okay. and they were massive and that you would have you know that's what the trains were so that's at least four so it's doable I'm okay sure. okay yeah well there you go that but some some of the experts are saying that um they definitely agree that things need to be considered for people with smaller budgets but that the um third class system would not mean savings for passengers and that it would make the public transport system more complicated and sbb said not even considering it at this stage. So SBB was like, nope. Um, And what SBB said, which is basically what I said, was that if you want to spend less money, buy a super saver ticket with, you know, and buy it in advance and you'll be fine. I mean, yeah, that's kind of their their thing is like you, it it can be expensive, but if you do it right, you can be very affordable when it comes to buying tickets. Interestingly... Swiss trains used to have a third-class system. It'd ride on top of the train? Yeah. Um, it was phased out in 1956 because it was not financially viable. Mm. So the proof is in the pudding. This is not going to happen. Okay. Yeah. You, get, but, get your super saver tickets in advance. But those fine. of you without, you know, avoid the unwashed masses in first class, you don't have to worry about this. That's true. Drinking your champagne up there and- Getting your feet rubbed and whatever they do up there in first class. We'll never know because we don't travel first class, do we, Don? <laughs> no. Okay. Well, I think that's it for this uh, week's episode of Swiss Pats. We have come back from holidays. We have put another one in the bag. And as always, we want to thank you for listening. We always appreciate your listening uh, to our podcast and we hope that you get something from it. Yeah. If it's just something to distract you from... That weird guy on the tram over there who keeps talking to himself. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. So there you go. Well, you need to download us uh, if you haven't already at iTunes. We're also on Spotify. Where else are we, Don? We're on TuneIn, Stitcher, we've just been added to um, uh, Google Play. Basically, anywhere you can find us. But most importantly, SwissPats.com. Yeah, SwissPats.com. And we're on Facebook. Uh, facebook.com slash swisspats as well as instagram please follow our photos like them tell us how ugly we are we don't mind we'll take it we can we can handle it uh but just give us a comment or a like and, and we'd really love that so check us out on instagram and facebook have a good one see ya yummy <laughs>